Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, what's up? This is Michael Rappaport. You are now listening to a brand new episode of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast with Real Housewife of Beverly Hills, motherfucking Erica Jane is in the house. If you know me, you know I love my housewives. This is the first time I'm interviewing a real housewife from the Bravo franchise. We're discussing every single thing you could possibly want from Erica Jane. We're discussing the show. We're discussing who she knew before the show. What it was like shooting her first scene on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We're discussing the Pantygate scandal in great detail, her favorite handbags, her top five favorite rappers of all time, and where her and Mr. Girardi keep the Chagall. It's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Heaven with Erica Jane. But first, me and G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty, are going to do our thing as always. Yo, Miles, Jordan, let me get something funky. It's the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast. Let's go. All right, Valentine's Day 
is around the corner, and I know you probably have some decent gift ideas you're conjuring up, but I got the best, most perfect Valentine's Day idea. It never fails. Flowers, roses at 1-800-Flowers.com is your answer, because right now, when you order early, you can get 12 multicolored roses for only $19.99 or double it to 24 multicolored roses for only $10 more. It's Valentine's Day, folks, and this is an unbelievable offer from 1-800-Flowers, 12 multicolored roses for only $19.99 or you could double it for just $10 more. This is a gorgeous bouquet of multicolored roses in a rainbow of colors, and it's the perfect Valentine's Day surprise that she's guaranteed to love or he's guaranteed to love. Everybody loves flowers, and I only and always use 1-800-Flowers to get the flowers from my wife, from my mom, from my grandma, from my friend's grandma. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com to order a dozen multicolored roses for just $19.99, or you can upgrade to 24 multicolored roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter the code BUTTER, B-U-T-T-E-R. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. Enter the promo code BUTTER. Ladies, gentlemen, Valentine's Day is around the corner. Don't mess it up. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Use the promo code BUTTER. All right. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. The Gringo Mandingo. I'm here with G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. That's a fact. You know it. Three-time podcast co-host of the year. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, where we pride ourselves on no fact-checking. None at all. We let the chips fall where they may. And I'm excited, Moody. I mean, listen. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. I'm not saying I'm the biggest Bravo Real Housewife fan, but I'm up there. I love it. I love my housewives. I love my housewives show. And right now, right now I'm like in the throes of all things that have to do with the Real Housewives. The Jersey show just ended, okay? Atlanta Uh is in full swing and the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is probably at midseason. And we have the biggest, baddest Beverly Hills housewife that may have ever lived on this episode. <laughs> yeah. My girl, motherfucking Erica Jane, is wow. with us on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Listen, I know some people think it's nuts. I know some people can't understand it. Erica Jane, she didn't even understand it. We discuss my obsession with the Real Housewives and all things Erica Jane later on in this episode of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I mean, Moody, let me put it into perspective, okay? Go ahead. Go ahead. She came on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills show and made such a splash so quickly. I'm not saying she's the greatest housewife ever, but but she certainly had like one of the greatest rookie. You know what? Her rookie season is comparable to Magic Johnson's rookie season. She was that good. Like she came in 
housewife ready. Like Magic Johnson, when he came in the NBA, he was NBA ready. Yeah. She came in real housewives of Beverly Hills ready. Talks a lot of shit. She's funny. She's self-effacing. She got a whole side music career going. All I'm going to say is get your popcorn ready. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. Get your fucking popcorn ready. Um, But first, me and G. Moody, we're going to do our thing. Um, We were uh, watching the Grammys the other night. And uh, I I mean, I I don't know. Jay-Z didn't win any Grammys. I've I've been very public. I've been very adamant. I don't think that was his best uh, record. And they thought so as well. Bruno Mars won all the Grammys. Good for Bruno. I'm glad he won. I'm glad he swept. He brought Funk back into the foray, and the, I'm glad he won. I ain't mad. I'm not mad either. He gave a Good big shout-out to uh, Teddy Riley, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. He said that those were the guys that inspired uh, his record. Uptown mm-hmm. Funk, going to give it to you. Um, Rihanna performed at one point with DJ Khalid, which, who may not be a DJ. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think that's up for a up for debate because you know the DJs we know, hey, it's a high standard. Uh, Jazzy J, Grand Wizard Theodore, and the rest. Go ahead. <laughs> um, one of my favorite performances uh, was uh, with him and Rihanna, who we all know. I love her. I love Rihanna, like I really do. I love her. Um, yeah. And 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 the internet even turned. On Rihanna. How and why? I don't know. They were calling her thick Anna. They were saying she's getting thick, she's getting fat, and that you know she, she's overweight. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. Like no, she isn't. I, I don't know what people I mean, they're turning on Rihanna. Uh, yo, she's regular, regular size. Like, I don't I don't see. Oh, cause cause her ribs ain't showing. Exactly. That, that's yeah, her ribs ain't showing. She's not one of those or Kate Moss motherfuckers. She's a regular black woman, and she looks beautiful. She looks fantastic. She looks fantastic. I love Rihanna. Yeah, um, they want a rib showing. Yeah, they want, they, they, they want a rib showing. <laughs> I don't know what they want. How could you shame? How could you fat shame Riri? Like, how does that even make any sense? What, what, what part of the game is that? Like, I, I miss that part of the game. Yeah. Uh, R- Rihanna, just dismiss it. Keep doing your thing. You're an international star, and they are jealous. You look beautiful. So a couple of days ago, one of the most influential, important names in hip-hop, Rakim. Yeah. Miles, cue that in the ghetto beat. Yes. Rakim turned 50 years old. 50 years. I mean, Rakim... Without Rakim, there, there's no discussion of whether or not uh, rappers should be getting Grammys. There's no uh, uh, like Rakim along with a, a with a long list of other artists. They created this shit. He turned 50 years old. Now I got wind of it. Now I don't expect everybody to be like me. Okay, I get a little overboard with these things because I have such sentimental, um, you know, like feelings towards like Rakim I'm not even a rapper I'm a rapper but I'm not a rapper okay 50th birthday 
people spend all day tweeting this and Instagramming that and all these so-called new media outlets and these hip-hop stations, so many of them, and I'm not even going to name names, so many of them, didn't take the time to send out a tweet to one of the most important, iconic, influential voices in music over the last 30 years. Not even just hip-hop. Yeah. One of the most yeah. influential voices in music over the last 30 years when Billy Joel and Elton John and Mick Jagger celebrate important birthdays. I'm not saying you got to do it for every birthday. 50. 50. One of the most, yeah. like B.B. King. But, 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 but rap, that shows you, that pretty much shows you that these guys claim they're hip-hop guys, but how you a hip-hop dude and you don't honor the icon. Like, this guy is an icon. He revolutionized uh, flowing, like like the way people rap. Before him, it was different. When he came, he changed the game. So it's like a game changer, like a Wilt Chamberlain type of guy. Literally. And you claim you're a hip-hop guy, but if you're really a hip-hop guy, you honor all the past greats. It's Just not about Just send out old... a tweet or an Instagram right. or something. It doesn't have to be a whole, like a whole day. Right. You... Just like a little Just acknowledgement. Like, you send tweets and Instagrams about everything else, but you can't send a goddamn tweet or Instagram about Rakim, the God MC. Right. right. And like we, we said in, in um, earlier podcasts, we're not going to wait until these people pass away and then everybody's fucking crying and this and that. Nah, this guy's still alive. He's an icon in music, and especially hip hop. And he, he, you know, we shout him out like we're supposed to. I know, because when they pass away, everybody's like, oh, I saw Rakim perform in 1989. Oh, I saw Eric B. and Rakim perform. Uh, I was in London in 88. What about just give him a little shout out on his his 50th birthday? Yo, these are not hip-hop people. These are newfangled motherfuckers. These are the MTV motherfuckers. So they don't understand this shit. When this shit wasn't on TV, wasn't on the radio. Yo, fuck them. We're going to honor these people like we're supposed to, like... Other great genres of music honor their greats. John Coltrane, Elvin Jones, Max Roach, all, you know, jazz musicians, they all get props. So we're going to give these motherfuckers props too. Fuck Ex- them. Yeah, exactly, man. It's ridiculous. I, that really bothered me. It really, really, uh, really bothered me. Oh, you know what's another thing that, that, that bothered me going back to the, uh, to the Grammys? What up? Now listen, I've been on the forefront of talking <laughs> yeah, shit about Donald Trump. Okay, I, I, I'm ready to talk shit about Donald Trump 24-7, 365. But in the middle of the Grammys, which celebrates music of all genres, they go into this bit with, uh, you know, all these different artists reading uh, the, the Fire and Fury book. Now, if this was uh, any other show, Saturday Night Live or any other any other kind of show, this is cool. But even me, as somebody who's ready, willing, and able to go at Donald Trump for anything and everything he does, I was like, yo, first of all, I don't know how CBS allowed it. Second of all, I felt like it was a distraction. Third of all, Hillary Clinton, I voted for you. I love you. I respect you. I get it. It's time to move on. It's it's time to move on. Like Hillary Clinton showing up and bashing Donald Trump every single chance she gets. And I can't stand this motherfucker. 
But that would be like the Atlanta Falcons spending this entire football season going, yo, yeah, we had the Patriots 28-3. to Yo, we, we, we were going to beat them, but... And t- or be like the Golden State Warriors when LeBron James blocked their shot in the seventh game. Yo, we were kicking their ass until uh, LeBron blocked Andre Iguodala's <laughs> shot. Yo, Hillary, you had your opportunity. Okay, he won. We all know what he did. We all know what you didn't do. You need to worry about the next phase of your life and getting ready to either run for president the next time or finding somebody else to run for president the next time. Crying over spilled milk and this loss, it's getting fucking pathetic. And I fuck with you, Hillary Clinton. I respect Uh, you. I voted for you. I can't stand dick stain Donald Trump. But enough is enough. And the Grammys, yo... You're coming around. It's, it's the Grammys. I want to say they spent five minutes on this. Oh, they 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 didn't even acknowledge Rock Kim's fiftieth birthday. Oh, they're butt hurt. Hey, hey, they're, they're butt hurt. <laughs> rap, you you're coming around. I call Hillary Clinton the Charles Barkley of politics. Close, but no cigar. Listen, hey. <laughs> I I can't argue with you. It's like enough is enough. Like, yeah. yo, like her talk, like let, let people like me talk shit. Let yeah. the people talk shit for you. There's so not many me. people out here talking shit for you. It's not classy. You lost. Okay. You lost. Yeah. He yeah, won. I- it sucks. Okay. But it's time for Hillary Clinton to move past his shit. It's like every opportunity and every offer she gets, she shows up to talk shit about Donald Trump. Yeah, Move and on. you lost. And Bill Clinton's it, not talking about him. Like, and if he's so garbage, how the fuck you lose to him? Just but, but she I, needs I, to I, leave I it alone say, and move forward. I want to give a caveat to that since you're talking about Trump. In the interest of fairness, we have to give Trump his props. The Bureau of Labor reports black unemployment rate fell to the lowest rate in 50 years. This is important. Nothing, no bullshit. That is what is important. And Hispanic employment rate, unemployment rate, has fell to record lows. That's what is important. So Hillary, exit stage left. Well, you know what else is important? Uh, Right after the State of the Union address, Stormy Daniels will be on uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live. That's also important. I wanted to make sure I shouted that out. Um, I want to give a special shout-out to longtime listener of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, a friend of the show, um, Angie underscore LK. Oh, um, she she's always uh talking to me on Twitter. Um, and she must have got a kick or heard that the episode where we were talking about the 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 women's march, the recent women's march, and we were talking about the the. Now these aren't my words. I don't like to use this word. Um, uh-huh. the pussy power hats. <laughs> And and I said that I wanted a uh, a pussy power hat. Lo and behold, Angie underscore L.A., she custom crocheted me a one-of-a-kind pink pussy power hat. I'm actually wearing it right now. I look fantastic. Damn. A pussy power hat. It's the hats. They, a lot of the women wear it. The, 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 the marches. Oh, mine's okay. pink. I look great. Now, I just want to say one thing, Angie. I Listen, I, I, I'm sure knitting and crocheting, whatever you did, took a lot of time and care. I, I mentioned that I have a large head, and she made it to, to custom fit my head. 
and I actually, the shape of the hat actually looks good on me. But it, I think it would have been a little nice uh, if you really customized it, maybe put my name uh, or the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. You could have yeah. put Gringo Mandingo or White yeah. Mike or something on there. Because although I do have a one-of-a-kind, butter-soft, pussy-power hat, the fact that it doesn't have my name on it, I just kind of look like a regular pussy. Uh, and, and I would have I liked, I would have liked to, uh, you know, had it customized. But, but, you know, beggars can't be choosy. And, right. and I want to sincerely thank Angie LK. I see she's getting requests from other people to, to get customized uh, pussy power hats. Pussy power. I thought that would be offensive, but uh, I guess not. I thought it would be offensive too, but this is sort of like the badge of honor that a lot of people wear at the at the parades, women and and some men. And I wanted to show my support, and I didn't know where to get them. That's what spawned it. We said, "We don't. Oh. Where do you get these hats?" Well, if you're lucky enough to have loyal listener like Angie underscore LK, you get yours uh, knitted from scratch. Wow, I I want one. Um, so it is Super Bowl week. And unfortunately, I've gotten hit up by a lot of fans from Philadelphia that are that are upset that me and G. Moody are not rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, listen, I'm not going to just root for a team just f- to root for them. Okay? Um, I feel like the Patriots are going to win. Um, I don't really have a dog in this fight. I can't say that I want the Patriots to win. But as a New York Giants fan, I can't really say that I want the Philadelphia Eagles to win either. Uh, a lot of fans have hit me up in the DMs on, on social media and publicly ridiculing me about this. I, my, my stance isn't going to change. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I want uh, Tom to win because of the crassness of the fans. I've been to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is nice. Good city. To see these guys doing that shit to uh, fans who just coming to the game, that took me off. So I had to go with Tom and, and and you know, him being the greatest quarterback. I want to see him ride off into the sunset with this last win. It's not as, wait, wait, wait. What are you talking about this last win? If they win, he's coming back next year. And if they lose, he's coming back next year. I think if they win, I think that's it. But, but he's already said he's coming back next year. Are, are you announcing Tom Brady's retirement for him? I, I think his wife is going to say, yo. How many more do you want to win, motherfucker? You're already the best. He, he's like American Psycho. He's not yeah. going to stop until the wheels fall. He, he, he's probably going to win MVP for the yeah. season. This is what happens. Until somebody Jim Burt's his ass, and then he's like, oh, why? Damn, he should have retired. I'm telling you, you're going to get, you're going to be injured. I'm telling you, man, that's what happens, man. Yeah, then they go, well, somebody I who's been doesn't. playing this long, who's never gotten hurt from a hit. Except for when somebody rolled at his legs. Um, but speaking of the crassness of the fans, Kirk and Callahan, this is a show I've done twice, and, and these guys talk way out of pocket. This is a show in Boston. These guys couldn't be more Boston. These guys are like the, the Boston fanboys. Like, they oh. love everything Boston. They oh. attacked Tom Brady and his daughter. They made oh. they made disparaging comments about his daughter, and these are New England Patriots. Like these are fanboys. Right, right. They yeah, they love that uh that Tom versus Time documentary. They treat that like it's a fucking porno. Oh, they love it. 
They love. It's like it's literally like a Showtime, you know, uh, 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 like like a soft porn. Like they're just like enthralled with Tom. Like look at him, look at him working out. Look at him. Yeah. He's he's drinking a vitamin drink. But yeah. they turned on their own. They they you know and and Tom Brady, you know, he he came out and he dissed him. And I'm like, yo, if you're gonna Good. diss Tom Brady, and you guys are all like you know like enthralled with him, right? You, you you'll turn on anybody. Yeah, talk about his daughter. For ratings, for sucker shit like that. Tom, never do that show. Fuck them. They need you. We're dropping super duper Super Bowl episodes of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. All right, this week, we got Shane Vereen, formerly of the New England Patriots. He won a Super Bowl with them. Now he's with the New York Giants. Okay? Right. All pro, pro bowler from the Los Angeles Rams, Jared Goff and... Chicago Bear, tight end, Zach Miller coming on Friday. We're doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, me and G Moody. Zach Zach Miller's the tight end from the Chicago Bears who suffered that crazy knee injury, that non-contact knee injury about halfway through the season where like his knee, like he blew his knee out. It was graphic. Damn. Um, so, so him and Jared Goff are coming on Friday. Of course, me and Moody are going to do our things. Um, and... Uh, Super Bowl champion Shane Vereen, former New England Patriot, current New York Giants, coming with us Wednesday. Um, we're going hard for the Super Bowl this week, although, I, like I said, I, I'm not really that into it. So we've talked a lot about the quote-unquote flying the friendly skies. Yeah. There's been so many incidents of fighting, of beef between the flight attendants I guess it's not politically correct to call them stewardess anymore. Ah, oh, come on. Stewardesses. Don't cave into this shit. Stewardesses. Yeah, you know, I, I'm from 1970. Like, oh, I didn't get the memo that you can't say steward or stewardess. Don't cave in. But there was a woman uh, who got up during the middle of a flight. Now, everybody knows I like to stretch. But even I have boundaries, okay? I would never even do this. A woman got up in the middle of the flight, started doing the downward dog and camel pose and the forward fold in the aisle during the flight. Oh, that's wrong. You can't do it. Can't do it. Get your ass back in the seat. Sit your ass down or we're going to land this fucking thing in Tulsa and you're going to get arrested. You're scaring the passengers. They don't know what you're doing. And this is a recurring thing. Another thing happened on another flight, uh, uh, an Instagram model who may or may not be dating Christophe Porzingis of the New York Knicks. They call him the unicorn. Uh, This girl, Jen Selter, she's uh, very proud of her ass. She always posts pictures of her ass on the plane, uh, on on social media. She's she's very proud of it. She um, was talking out of pocket to the steward or the stewardess. I don't know if it was a man or a woman. Guys told her to sit down. She said, the plane wasn't taking off. I told them, relax. They said, do you want to get off the plane? She said, yeah. But then apparently she was being sarcastic. The fucking cops came on, arrested her, took her off the fucking plane. That's what you got to do. Hey, if the guy said, you got to follow. Listen, I'm as belligerent as they come. Okay, I was kicked out of 10 schools in New York City in the 70s and 80s. That's an accomplishment. 
That's something to be proud of. That's belligerence at its finest. There was no physical fighting. I didn't start any fires. I was belligerent and rambunctious. But even I know, if the guy tells you to sit the fuck down on the plane, you sit the fuck down on the plane. That's just the way it works. Or, or get off. Or, or get or off. Or we're going to drag you off. And then when you get kicked you off. off, don't go on Instagram right. and complain about the shit. Yeah. They dragged you off. Why? Oh, I didn't listen. Case closed. Get your ass off this plane. Other people have destinations to go to. You can't hold it up for your fake ass. That's it. It's another, there's another uh, incident of, of, of not following the rules. So a lot of comedians, Kevin Hart, uh, I think Bill Burr, friend of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast does it. Chris Rock does it. I know Seinfeld does it. You're not allowed to bring your phones into their show. Now, if you're Chris Rock, you're Kevin Hart, Bill Burr, one of these big comedians, Jerry Seinfeld, whoever it is. Right. The last thing you want is your material that you're working on being thrown up on YouTube or Instagram yeah. or Facebook or any of these places. So they have right. a rule. Leave your phone outside. They have a whole thing set up. They have these little these little pouches. They're locked. They're safe. You bring your phone there. You get your phone back after the show. Okay? Very simple. Just like it's yep. very simple. If you want to fly on the plane, the flight attendant tells you to sit down, sit the fuck down. That's it. Very simple. Well, at a show in Glasgow, is Glasgow in England, by the way? Uh, I think Scotland. Scotland. Or Poland. Yeah, Poland. Scotland. 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 You were right the first time. A guy uh, who uh, had no lips. I looked at the picture. Uh, his Twitter feed is the Scotsman. Um, and he actually has no lips at all. He's a funny-looking guy. So apparently, he went to go see Chris Rock. He bought his ticket, and he did not follow the rules. And halfway through the show, he whipped out his phone. He started texting on it. He got caught, and they said, get the fuck out. Yeah. And the man made a big to-do about it. He said that, I came to see the show, but I took my phone out to text my sick father to check on him. Listen, guy. Listen, fucko. If your father's so sick, why don't you stay home with him? Huh? <laughs> you should have stayed home with him and fed him soup or some stewed tomatoes out of a can, rub his feet, put some Bengay on his back. You don't need to be going to see Chris Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Stay with your pops and give him some fucking matzo balls or something. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Listen. Listen, you, you, you want to go out and have a laugh while your father's home suffering? If he's suffering so much, you should have stayed the fuck at home. <laughs> okay, and you, you, you know what? You should tell your father, okay, maybe he's to blame because you didn't listen to him growing up. You didn't learn to follow the fucking rules, and now you want to pin it on your dear old dad? That's not yeah. the way things work. Yeah, yeah. Give me that phone. <laughs> Get the fuck out. We'll give you your money back. I don't even think they have to give you money, your money back. You uh -uh. didn't follow the rules. You said you were checking on your dear old dad. Sorry, Charlie. Get the fuck out of here. Right. It's not a money Hell back yeah. guarantee. Now you can watch a show on Netflix like the rest of us. Oh, man. You mentioned Chris Rock and Netflix, which brings me to Monique. Uh, the comedian slash actress. Yeah, comedian slash actress. 
uh, demanding people boycott Netflix because she wasn't, she was only offered $500,000 for a comedy special and she compared herself to Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle who, who had, these guys have resumes and they've sold, sold out Madison Square Garden and she compared herself to Amy Schumer who's done the same thing and I want to tell her I ain't boycotting shit. I'm not boycotting shit either. See, this is when, like, the gender gap, and then she said it was a racial thing, and she said it was a gender thing. Let me explain again. This might be the fourth time. Not everything is a racial gender situation. Monique, is that her name? Yep. Monique, you're a good comedian. You're a good actress. Okay? But you're not Chris Rock. That's like saying some bench player on the Cleveland Cavaliers, I should get as much as LeBron James. Yeah. Okay? Amy Schumer is a humongous star. Okay? Just because she's white and also a female doesn't mean because you're black and also a female you should get paid the same amount of money. But you're trying to use this shit that people are fighting for with real situations to help yourself. Right. Should Tristan Thompson get what LeBron gets simply because he's black? (laughs) Should Tristan Thompson get the same amount that LeBron gets simply because he plays on the Cleveland Cavaliers? Right. Exactly. So my message to Monique is cut the shit. That's a very clear cut message, Moody. Cut the shit, Monique. (laughs) All right. Listen, the time has come. Magic is coming to the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Motherfucking Erica Jane, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast coming up with Erica Jane. What can I say? I'm excited. You're excited. She's excited. I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Erica Jane joins me when we come back. Yep. All right, let me tell you something, fellas. Uh, unfortunately, hair loss, it isn't just your dad's problem. It happens earlier in life than you think. By 35, two out of three men will start losing their hair, but hair loss is actually easy to prevent if you get started early. I am introducing Keeps, a new company offering a simple, clinically proven way to stop hair loss. With Keeps, it's easier than ever for guys like you to keep all your hair Keeps is the easiest way to keep your hair. Keeps offers the only two FDA-approved hair loss products clinically proven to keep the hair that you already have. You could sign up quick and easy. It's discreet. It only takes five minutes. Keeps is entirely online, and it's only $10 to $35 a month. So it's basically like a dollar a day or less on the average. This is half of what you typically pay at the pharmacy. Getting started with Keeps is so easy. You just answer a few questions, snap some photos. A licensed doctor will remotely review your information and give you the right prescription all without ever leaving your couch. It's low-key, it's cheap, and it's easy to do within two to three days. A three-month supply of your treatment will arrive perfectly packaged at your door. Listen. For a dollar a day, you can keep your hair from the comfort of your couch to receive your first month of treatment for free. 
Go to keeps.com slash Rappaport. That's keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Rappaport. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash Rappaport. All right, here we go. Okay. This is it. <laughs> this is very exciting to me, Erica, because... I don't know why. No, this is very exciting to me because I talk about housewives a lot mm-hmm. um, in real life. I talk about it a lot on social media. Right. Um, but on my podcast, I never know who the hell's listening. Right. So I don't talk about housewives as much as I would like to. And I was just talking about how I don't talk about housewives as much as I would like to because I don't want to like... You know, I'm doing the podcast. I don't know who the hell's listening. You don't so, want to bore your listeners. That's I don't want to truth. bore my listeners. But and this, you're, you're very like masculine. You know, it's like sports and politics and all that kind of shit. But but this is this is a monumental episode of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast with here. fucking Erica Jane, Shut motherfucking up. Erica Jane. No, I'm telling you, motherfucking Erica. Because I'm a real I'm a real fan. I know you are. I'm Michael. a real fan, and I want to get into why you're a real fan. I, I want to get into it too. But the the first most important question that I have is pertinent. Yeah. It's a burning question is, are your shoes 130s and what the fuck are 130s? Because I watch your Instagram story. I've never heard that term, 130s. Okay. So, and are those bad boys 130s? No, these are 120s. And what, what is 120s, 130s? What so is that? So it's the height, you know, um, of a heel. There's 110, 120s, and 130s. And 130s are strictly like not to be walked around. I can walk in them. I mean, there's a video of me doing it. But 130s are like closing the deal shoes. Okay. <laughs> But these are 120s. How do you variate them? So heel height definitely changes the shape of the body, changes the sway of the back and your ass. Are they uncomfortable? Uh, They can be, yes. Are those 120s uncomfortable? These are 120s, yes. Like as far as shoes, did you see the documentary on the guy who makes the... um, What's the ones with the red bottoms? This is Louboutin. That's what this Louboutin. is. Louboutin. Yeah. There's a documentary on Netflix about well, it. Well, I'm late and I, sh- you sh- I should probably I mean, watch shit. it. And you that's sh- who makes the 130s. And that's, yeah, that's, you know. And, and I watched it because it was just like sort of a thing about an artist. It wasn't so much like it was just about his obsession with the shoes. and, and Because they are a work of art. Absolutely. That's how I, and you know, the, and I, I re- gain respect from watching it. And, you know, I keep my shoes for a very long time. I'm one of these people that, you know, I'll resole my shoe. I just don't care, you know, because design is design. Right. It's not about, and I have a lot of them and I continue to buy them, but, you know, and I use every fucking pair. So those right there are Louboutins. Yes. Those are the red. So how many of those pairs of shoes do you think you have in your arsenal? A couple hundred. Holy, it's just, it's so like. But they're all for, oh God, I mean, I know it sounds so, this sounds so materialistic, but I use them. Because of that's course the, you use them. That's the game I'm in. Right. That's the game I chose. Right. So, you know, like that whole glamorous, over-the-top character. So these things are tools, really. I got you. They're tools. Do you feel trapped by the pressure, the newfound pressure, the housewife's pressure of Erica Jane? In terms of like we were talking about, like in terms yeah. of like pe- when people see you, they expect in real life, they expect to see a fucking like, you know, like rainbow shooting walking. out of your fucking yeah, ears. And- exactly. Um, I don't feel trapped by it because I think a lot of it has to do with um, I had a long life before Housewives and I'm not, I still go to Starbucks uh, looking fucked up with no makeup on. I, I will. If I'm not working, then I'm not 
you know, in any shape or form, Erica Jane, uh, I don't walk around in cat suits. I hate it when people ask me, so what do you walk around in the house? The same shit you walk around in your house in, you know, sweatpants and a t-shirt and a ponytail. Right. Because it's not part of, now, if I were going to step out, if I were going to go somewhere and people expect you to show up, right. that's different. That's game time and that's what people want. So you got to give that to them. Have you run into people like at a Starbucks or at a coffee place at seven in the morning and they wreck and they're like, do you, okay, do do you, you know feel happened? a disappointment in terms of like, do you want, I, I, I totally dis- listened. This happened two days ago. My office is in Hollywood. My assistant, Lia and I, we walked down to Trader Joe's on um, fucking Vine and we were checking out and this lady says to me, I had on an Adidas sweatshirt. My hair was in a, I mean, I hadn't washed my hair in like five days. My hair was in a bun, no makeup and sunglasses. And this lady says to me, excuse me, you're much smaller in person and uh, much tinier in person. And she was talking about my weight. Not my height. Uh-huh. She was talking about you look skinnier. That's how she started the that, conversation. Excuse me, you're much tinier in person. And I said, well, yeah, I'm tiny. She goes, but on this show, you look, you know, I said, what, bigger? <laughs> and she goes, well, yeah. I said, yeah, that's television. You know, she goes, you're really small. And I said, thanks. It was kind of like the most- said, Is it a back, compliment? It's or a what? backhanded compliment. But I, I looked at my assistant, Laya, you know, who's like my sister at this point, And I said, you know, like, I don't even know what to say to that, Laya. Like, what do you say to that? She goes, you know, I, you know, what- Then again, but that was somebody that expected. She knew this obnoxious ass voice. She recognized, <laughs> that's how you, most people recognize me as this obnoxious whiny voice. And she knew it was me. And then she said, you're much tinier. And I thought, well, fuck. I mean- yeah, I am. But yeah, I don't know if that's a compliment no, in real life all. or a compliment it's in It's not sh- at all. Because you don't like, so on the show, I look like a fucking pig. So you're saying but- I fucking look like a fat ass. So whatever. So I said this in my book, okay? And, you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard Housewives fan. I, I felt like it. nobody, uh-huh. in terms of someone who didn't start off the original Housewives of all the shows, sure. was born, bred, and ready to go to be a housewife. Like you were, like your freshman season. Now you're you're in your your junior season, your third season. Yeah, I'm a junior. I mean, you like it was like this woman is like fucking born ready to rock and roll as a housewife. How do you wind up on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Like, walk me through like how that did you how know that somebody whole thing happened? Yes, I knew Yolanda. Um, you know Hadid. She was married to David Foster at the time. My husband Tom and I went out to visit them in Malibu. She was very sick. She was sitting in her. You know, very famous bathrobe, no makeup uh-huh. on her face. I was talking to her, bitching about like making music or something and how frustrated I was feeling about, you know, life. And she seriously looked at me and she goes, Oh my God, have you thought of being a housewife? And I said, No. And she started texting her boss right there, who's now my boss. And um, we, you know, they were in the middle of, they had already started. Um, and they had lost a couple of people. And so I just went in and went on tape. I didn't have any expectations. I had never watched the show. It's impossible to escape the show. So I knew who everyone was. But, um, and there I there I was. I got the job. So wait, when you say you went on tape, you went on tape like um, like a camera crew? Or you put yourself on tape like just no, no, saying who you are? I went into like an interview, like, a, like an on-camera interview, like an on-camera thing. And you went in there... Expecting what? Like, Nothing. I didn't know what to expect, which is because you one weren't. Of the, you hadn't watched the shows. You heard the names, but you you weren't right. a fan. I knew. Well, I, no, I had not watched the show, so I think in, that kind of worked in my favor, honestly, because I went in there with no expectations. So I just was having a conversation with, you know, the producers, and that's what happened. And then what happens? 
Like uh, as far as you, like you had been making music beforehand. Yes. Under the radar in terms of the, the housewife world. Of course. Because when, and you even make jokes about it or the way you answer people, because like I, you know, this year everybody knows who you are, but like in the beginning, like you, you were asked or some, I can't remember what the conversation was, but like someone said so something in terms of, oh, you're an artist or like they were sort of sarcastic and then you broke it down. Like, yo, I've like in the first season, you're like, I've done this, I've done this, yeah. I've done that. And then people are like, yeah. oh shit, because in, Lo- in Los Angeles, when you hear somebody say, I'm a musician, you're like, yeah, okay, but of what course, do you really do? what doing? have you done? Yeah. And fortunately for me, I'd done some stuff. Um, so that was, I'm sorry, what was your original question? I don't even know what the original question, but, but just in terms of like the then what, in terms of you got the job and I then, got the then job what happens? And then you show up and then you start, you get into it. Like the first time I ever met those girls, when you see me sitting down, I watched it the other day for the first time in a couple of years. Uh, when you see me sit down at the sofa tail and meet Lisa Vanderpump and Kyle and Eileen, that is the first time I ever met them. That's the first time. I swear. And you show up knowing what? Knowing, like what can you, knowing what? Yolanda. That's it. And she tells me, walk in here and be yourself. And there's there's cameras and stuff. The whole nine yards. And are you nervous? Are you comfortable? Like, are you defensive? Are you like, what no, the fuck? No, I was very neutral because uh, I didn't know anything about it. So I felt like, you know, I was, I don't know. I've all, that's why I think my first season I succeeded is because I was neutral. I was neither anyway about it i just took it as it came every you know you roll with the punches kind of thing there was no position to take because i was new you know i knew that you know i knew yolanda that was it and she was my entrance and she was my friend and that was the the rest really happened the way you saw it and did you ever imagine so when people say it's scripted i'm like no 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 i say that all the time no 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 I tell people, like, listen. You can't get some of that shit. Meryl you, Streep on her best day. They can't pull off some of that shit. And see, and you've been in this business for, you know, come on. I mean, you know it's true. You can't get some of that shit, some of that frustration, those tears, those, like, <laughs> moments. Like, you know, no. I totally agree. I totally when agree. When I start losing my temper, like, oh, my God. I thought, you know, you can't manufacture that shit. Absolutely not. And it look, it's subtle. You know, that's what people expect. It's like massive over the top reaction. Not always, you know, so it, it's very authentic in that way. And like, do they call them confessionals? Like, Yeah, like, you, yeah, we call them confessionals or sit downs or however. There's a lot of different ways. And so your first season in terms of your sit downs or your confessionals, had you seen like the show? Like, how does that work in terms of what you can share? Because like... What we see, like in the scenes, and in that's happening in real time, and then the confession. Well, you're asked to comment on on you know this is the chance for you to give your comments on what has happened. You know, you're commenting on what happened before, and right. your take on it. You know how you feel about it. And did you ever imagine that? I never imagined myself on reality TV. I never imagined myself on Real Housewives of anything, and I never imagined that anybody would care. You know what I'm saying uh, about my shtick so my shtick my who i am so yeah but it's turned out to be very um profitable for me right you know and so, so and i'm okay saying that and you mean in terms of like profitable in terms of like Everything. the whole thing the whole thing right you know the whole thing and i think that this is something that i say a lot is that you know housewives has opened up a lane for you know women in their mid-40s now you know you can say what you want about reality tv or housewife shows or whatever but a lot of people, you know, it gives you a platform. If you're smart, you run with it. I agree. Look at Bethany. Look at, you know, yeah, I mean, right. You, only in America. Can you tear the cover off the ball like that? I mean, she fucking 
that, only in fucking America. Right. And and when people hate on it, like you can't. You I don't can't. see how you can hate on it. I mean, this is How can is you hate very, on the hustle? How can you hate on the hustle? In this country. Get out of here. And there's so you know, like I I, I totally agree. And if and, you're given an opportunity, you run for the fucking end zone, dude. Like, don't give me, you know, if somebody gives you the ball, like, get out of my way. And that's basically what Housewives is giving to women in their 40s. If you're smart, if you're going on there for, you know, for the money or to have the experience, I would say save your money and go on a great vacation uh, and fuck your brains out with somebody you want because (laughs) because you are going to get fucked on TV like no other. Right. And you have to be willing to accept that. Right. You know, no matter what it is. Right. You get caught up. So things that you say that make perfect sense in your head do not come out right. That, you know, you may see something one way, you know, you only know what you shoot. You don't know the rest of it. So partially you're blind. You see people's reactions to shit and you're like, well, that fucking bitch, I've been nice to you. You know, so, you know, it's, it, you're going, to, I'm watching it with a bit of like, what? Myself. So there you go. When you're watching episodes at this point, like every time a new episode comes on, it's new to you. Hell yeah. The way they cut it, what they keep in. I don't know anything. I only know what I shoot. I only know what I was present for. And they, they're not going to use everything you shot no, or everything in your confessional. No, no. I only know what I know. That's what, it. What have been some of the two or three moments that caught you off guard in terms of what other people have said that stuck out in here where you said like that bitch or what the fuck or even oh, I didn't know she felt that way about me in a positive way. Like, what are I mean, some- I, can't li- I can't in this moment point to specifics but i can you know know that i've reacted to things that i would have never in i don't want to say like real life but you know i would i have reacted to things that i would have never been that upset over but you know it's an ensemble cast when you stick and that's what makes it interesting and yolanda told me she said listen this is an ensemble cast you don't compete with anybody you be your best version of yourself that's what people like. They have their favorite women. They root for their favorite. You know, people will see it your way or they may see it Lisa Vanderpump's way. Or they may see it Kyle's way. So you don't worry about that. You worry about what you do and who you are and what you bring. It's not a competition. It's how you see it. Just be authentic and the rest will come to you. Right. Comment on, you know, what you feel you need to comment on. And, don't feel and, pushed. And the whole social media of it, like, you're so, like, I mean, I imagine it's, listen, I don't care who you are. You could be Jesus Christ, uh, President Obama. You could be the fucking, you know, Prince Charming, fucking Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. If you're on social media, you're going to get shit thrown at you. I don't give a fuck who you, there's no, the Dalai Lama, if he had a so, uh, Instagram account. Somebody's going to take a you swing You fucking, why don't you put a fucking shirt on? I mean, yeah, like, whatever it is. So, so how do you deal with, obviously the. Okay, so you can't. You must in, be immune to it now. No, no, but it's like, it's like you can't fall in love with the bullshit either way. You I can't agree. fall in love with the good stuff and you can't fall in love with the bad stuff. Because who, who's saying it anyway? It's like. Well, not only that, if you remain, I keep saying this word neutral, but it's really true. I have a job to do. I'm going to do that job. I'm going to be myself. I can neither. Yes, it's nice to have support. It's good to know that people support you, and I appreciate that, and I'm very thankful. So let me say that. But I can neither fall in love with that too, too much, and I can't fall in love with the criticism. You know, I can't. So it, it's a balance. It's a balance. It's a di- Someone who's very famous, and I'll leave his name out, told me, listen, this is a different kind of fame. You have to understand something. People think they really know you, Erica. Right. Because they see your home. They see your marriage. They see you in your private space. So they really feel like, and it's much like you and I have discussed before, that you are this over-the-top Michael Rappaport character 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. That's not true. Right. I'm not, you know, so there's a level of that, you know, 
people expect certain things. People, uh, you know, and to have your, your, sometimes your very fiber questioned really kind of is like, ugh. You know, it can it can hurt. It can sting no matter what. Do you ignore it? Like, do you deal with it? Like, do you handle all the social media stuff on your own? Like, are you posting all your shit? Not all of it. I have help because I'm busy, but I definitely see it. And uh, right. if something bothers me, then I'll respond. I try not to. Because there's no winning. It's so hard well, to there's win. there's no winning. And when you open it up, then you, you know, you have to be, you have to really pick your battles if you're going to do it. Right. You know, I think that... There's little to be gained for fighting with another housewife over Twitter. Handle it in person. Handle it in front of the camera. Handle right. it at the reunion. Um, that's my approach. I know that other people feel very differently, and you know it works for them. People have to do what works for them. But um, you know, and then I also I also have other things to do, which I think is great. You know, I love to create. I'm you know making new music now, so that also takes away a little bit of the of the intensity of it. So all right, so music. So before the housewives started and the popularity of Erica Jane. And I mean, it's like a fucking boom. Like definitely like when they look back at the big booms of Housewives, Erica Jane's first season will be a big boom. Thank you. Now you're like a vet. You're going into veteran. Well, okay. Junior, yeah. you're a junior. Okay, I'm a junior. But people like, you know. Well, you like, know what it is? The longer you stay in the game, the more mistakes you are, you know, bound to make. And that is true. Right. And that's hard because, you know, you have, when you come in, you have very little at stake other than yourself, right? The longer you stay in, you've got friendships. You have, you know, people expect you to kind of not take sides, but take up for, you know, you know more. When you know more, you, you know, are expected of more. More is expected of you. I get it. Do you I mean, see that? I mean, you can watch a housewife's career where they start and then they get further and further entrenched in whether it be alliances or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, you're expected every year to ratchet that shit up. Who who are your alliances at this point? Season three, your season three. My th season three, I have. You're no sort of a lone wolf. I am a lone wolf. I am <laughs> the lone wolf. Very good, very observant, Rappaport. I don't fuck around, Erica. No, I am the lone wolf, and I am very. I'm cool on the outside. Like I'll step in when I have to. I meet challenges when I have to. I'm very supportive of everyone in my cast. Genuinely, they will tell you that. But um, you know, yes, lone wolf is right. Um. All right, specifically season two, I, I said this. I yes. think I, I coined the term, and I'm proud of it yes. because I am a fan. I said the season two jinx. I said, like, uh, um, who has gone through the season two jinx? There's oh, I don't know. Tell me. I would like to know your theory on this. Okay, right now, Ziggy in New Jersey, season two jinx. Like, her season one, it was like, she's likable. We don't know much about her. She's friendly. She's kind of wacky, but we like her. And, oh, and, and then you're saying that she gets, yeah. And then season two with Ziggy. What the fuck? Like I'm like in the fans. Like I'm speaking for the fans. Like she's fucking nuts. Right. She thinks who she is. Right. That's the real her. Last year was a four. Season two, you got caught in. It was Pantygate season one or season two. Season two. Okay. Season two, and then of course the cry face. The cry face. It's like I'm so frustrated. If you look at that cry face, that is me holding myself down to that chair like no other. Like. Because of what was going on in your life or just the situation or like your, your jet lag, you were in Japan? Let's, we were in Hong Kong. So Hong Kong. Why don't you add all of that up and <laughs> have the perfect storm? Right. You're tired. I'm frustrated. I was frustrated with the whole Pantygate story, mostly because I could see where it's going. See, I'm one of the those Pantygate people. The Pantygate thing, I'm going to speak on that when you're, when you're done. Uh, let me say this. Because I had your fucking back 150%. I, know, I appreciate that. Well, like, yeah, thank you. A lot of people did. And I appreciate your support and because it was innocent. And it was made out not to be innocent. And that you was, speak on it, then I'm going to jump in. No, it, but the whole thing with the cry face in Hong Kong was um, was 
an accumulation of all of it, frustration, anger, um, fatigue, and that's when the best <clears throat> breakdown moments come, you know? It's for the kinda, show. For the show. Not right. for Not for you as a human being. Right. Because I look at that and I go, fuck, Erica, <laughs> really? Like, I haven't had a meltdown like that in years. And hope to never have another one like that. But I could tell where the story was going. I knew how it was going to play out. I knew I was going to be embarrassed. I knew that, you know. While it was happening? Fuck yeah. You're, you're conscious like, oh, fuck. I'm fucked. Because you, you're, you're, you're having a genuine emotional win. moment, but you're also like. Oh, yeah, you can't win. You can't win. You just feel so, so like, holy shit, I'm losing. I, I, like, I'm unraveling in front of myself. How do I stop this? I can't. These are my true emotions. This is how I really feel. Erica, you really feel this way. You're really sad. You're really frustrated and you're and fatigued. And, and unfortunately, here it goes. Because I never wanted anything to bother me that badly. I On never, the show or in right. real life? Well, both. I mean, you know, yes, there are times when shit should really bother you. The death right. of someone, something like that. Things, you know, your real life that are, you know, I mean, you know, you can't get back. Something like this shouldn't have bothered me. And I think a lot of that frustration is... Uh, I was disappointed in myself, too, that I had allowed myself to be so upset. I got you. You see what I'm saying? I got you. So it was more like, uh, you know, like I was mad at myself. I was mad at people around me. Right. And um, and that's how you got that reaction. Because that was one of the crazier sort of scenes. Well, people thought Everybody I was... Everybody was... Fu- I mean, the whole... Like, you were like the sort of the grand finale. Yeah. But the fucking build up to the whole thing was like, what the fuck? And then this... It was like... It was bizarre. And as a viewer, like as a fan, yeah. I'm watching the shit and I'm like... Is Yo, this chick unraveling? We thought she was solid. She's unraveling. They're fucking freaking out. I'm like, this is fucking like. Well, you know what's funny? Because you thought I was solid and sweet right. and kind. And then all of a sudden you see me get hammered, 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 hammered. And you I was, hammered like by them. Yeah, by like, you know, the, that whole season. You, you know, say hammered. You talk about housewives. You got to, it's not hammered drinking. No, no, no. I know. No, no, no. I, no, I, no, I, I yeah. You got to clarify. Let me be very clear. You know what? You're very right. I got to watch out. Not yet. Thanks for looking out. Because people like, people was like, oh, she said she was no, getting no, no. hammered. And I, that- I meant hammered in like a, you know, a, not I want to say professional sense, but yes, not in the alcohol sense. You know, I got you, get, you. you get pushed and pushed and pushed. And then that's when, mm-hmm. but that's also too, you know, uh, yeah, the only thing I regret about that, I don't regret about being upset about my son because that is true. I regret that people thought I had, I don't know that I regret it. It makes me, um, it just sucks that people thought I, I would had lost it. You know, no, I, it was a moment of frustration. But, you know, because and, and, I'm usually pretty together. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it was just, it, it was again. It was a bad day, man. It was a, it was a bad fucking day <laughs> in Hong Kong. It was a bad fucking day in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So so, oh, it's so embarrassing. You know that forever will be like it's like forever. I'll never forget coming home after that scene to the hotel, and I looked at Mikey and I go, "I have fucking embarrassed myself." You on- knew. Oh, I know. Of course, I knew. You 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 oh. sort of foreshadowed like this is going to be a fucking moment. You know, if you have two brain cells to put together, you know when you're fucked. That's crazy. You know when you're fucked, and if you can't see it coming, honey. You go, oh man, I'm really gonna look bad on this. So I, how do you? How do you? I mean, that is such a crazy way to sort of. It's work, but it's it's real. Like it that's is the, the thing. most insane. I can't. That's a crazy way to look at like a, a situation. Like you know whether that's crying or one of the people falling or whatever the fuck it is. Like it's like sort of like it, this is gonna be a thing and have that. And in it's the gonna ba- be analyzed and it's gonna be looked at. It's gonna be picked apart. Your 
your life is going to be picked apart, your, you know, emotional being, your, you know, what's wrong with her? You know, like it's going to be, so, there's so much speculation mm. and so much talk about, you know, what's really going on. Well, we thought she was okay, but, you know, like the whole bullshit. No, bitch, had a bad day. Right. But it's really what happened. And Pantygate, in my opinion, was such a fucking, it was so exaggerated. It was so out of control. And and, and I think the person, the people that were uh, uh, guilty, and I say guilty, and your husband's a lawyer, and I say guilty, <laughs> I know nothing about law. The people that were guilty were Dorit and fucking PK. Because whether or not, I don't even know, you actually were wearing a dress and you didn't have underwear on. Right. And this fucking guy, whether or not he saw a, a shadow of something, for them to con- continue this whole fucking thing. Campaign. And, and somehow make it seem like this was your agenda. Out of all the men in the world to, that you're trying to seduce, fucking PK. Well, that was... PK, let me say it for you, because you're not going to say it. Okay. PK, let me tell you something. If you're listening or the PK fans out there, nobody is checking for you, PK. Nobody's showing up nude for you. Nobody's wearing... Nobody's wearing fucking panties, no panties, underwear. No No one was trying to impress you, PK. I'm saying it on behalf of Erica Jane and the Erica... Do you have like a... Like like how... um, (laughs) How... um, um, what's her name? Like Lady Gaga has the little monsters. Yeah. What we do call they call them? My themselves? Pretties. We call them my pretties. They're very small, but yes. Okay, but the pretties, I'm speaking on behalf of the pretties because I was like, PK, what the fuck? Is, like, why are we still, like, it was cool, like two episodes, three episodes, but we're still talking about Pantygate. It would just, would my vagina would not die. <laughs> it wouldn't fucking die. I thought, you know, yeah, and it's embarrassing, you but, know. But he I'm, didn't, well, why, see, why did you get embarrassed about that? Because it's, um, because I'm sensitive, you know, and it was because it was it was something that could have passed and been, but it never died. It kept going, and they kept nourishing it, and kept, you know, and that was kind of the uh, frustration. You know, it's like, okay, I get it, let it go. Like we've all, you know, I didn't do it on purpose. I agree, and then I remember you were getting you got embarrassed, and I'm sure I probably tweeted about it, but I was like. The only motherfuckers who should be embarrassed are the people continue. Like we're grownups. Well, that's how I felt. Is that we're all grownups? Everybody's seen a vagina. And if and you my- even did see it, like if you caught, what her, like, difference does it make? Who gives a fuck? That's how I felt. Like we're still talking about this fucking but maybe was- flare of like a, a glance of something that you. And who gives a shit? Well, that. There's I didn't that, think you should be embarrassed. I, I know, like, but, the, the, but the whole campaign to make, you know, the whole idea of making me seem like I had done it on purpose was what really bothered me and that this is what I do. And that, you know, that was what hurt so bad. I get that, it. You know, it's like, yeah, it happened. Okay. If I, I, I wouldn't have, you know, it's not that big of a deal to me, but it was like that whole keeping it alive thing is just. Yeah, it wears on you, you know? I'm sensitive like that. I, I get it. Because I, I would have told you on purpose. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, it right. was, you know, it was innocent, but that wasn't how it was portrayed. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, I... I and that's I, how you have to roll with it. And that's, you know, that that's one of the, I guess, what you're saying, the second season. The second, <laughs> the second, second season, season meltdown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it wasn't a meltdown. It was just, it was, I think, because the bar was set so high by you. In the first season, Aww. but you know whatever. Um, music, yeah. So, so we're we're all very familiar with your music. What are your music influences? What did you grow up listening to? What do you like? What are you into now? Like, what are your playlists? Like, what's your workout playlist? What's your in the car playlist? Like, what 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 music? First of all, like when you were younger, when you were a kid, what did you like? What kind of so music? So the three were you top into? artists in my life were Michael, Prince, and Madonna, um, and 
Why? Because they're showmen and they had great music and they were doing it in a time in the 80s when, you know, music was king and you were, it, they were the biggest artists on the planet. Um, I'm a huge fan of 90s hip hop, like we discussed. Yep. I heard you on Shape 45 over the holidays. They even text you about it. Um, what do I listen to now? Um, you know, I'm not really inspired <laughs> right now. I'm trying to be inspired, but I'm all over the place. Right. You know, I'm all over the place listening to different things. And um, I love music. I love what it does. I, I like the feel of music, you know, uh-huh. the way music makes you feel. Like if you're walking into the club and, you know, it feels good. Or when you're dancing, it feels good. Music, I like it when uh, lyricists make pictures. You know, uh-huh. I can see pictures or they tell stories. Uh, you know, and I, I I like the way it feels. Who do you who have you who do you like now? Like, you know, I wanted to ask you. I mean, I just because she's so sort of in your face, and she's like she's not stopping. Cardi B, love it. What a breakout! I mean, my God, only, talk about only in America. Let me tell you something. It's so fabulous, though. I would listen to she and the and Bruno Mars. We were pulling up to your house, and good for you, honey. Like, make the most of your moment. Fuck hell yeah, she's up for Grammys. I mean, get it. I think it's great. They're not, and this also proves with our current administration, with <laughs> a, our current administration, Cardi B, like all these kind of things, the rules are broken. The there's, establishment, there are no rules. So do not, anyone who's listening, do your fucking thing because you can do whatever you want. It's so you true. Can be, you can be and do whatever you want. When people say, oh, no, Erica, you're too old. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. And, and, and talent, charisma, whatever the fuck you want to whatever call it. Whatever it is. Whether it's attractiveness, and I'm not saying in, in terms of like looks, I'm saying. No, no, no. That if you quality, have some sort of that thing. That quality, that quality. Whether it's some fucking Yahoo on Instagram or Yahoo on YouTube or, or a girl who's so out there like Cardi B who's like, I was a stripper. And she's like. Oh, man, but you know, she's brave. I she's love like it. put the whole thing out there. She can, and she continues to like, yo, this is who I am. And but see, that's why she's winning because no one can take that away from her. Yeah, no one can take that away from her, and she's having her moment. And I think it's wonderful. And I, you know, I think it's great. You know, good for her. I agree. I agree. Good I, for her. I, I, th- I think it's great, and and her appeal. Um, you know, she'll make songs that aren't as good as the first song. Blah 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 blah. So but what? That's she has to listen. That, everybody does. Thank God, Michael Prince and Madonna. You had to start wanted- somewhere. Imagine if she had not grown. See, what you want to see is growth in an artist, and that's what you're watching. You're watching the rise of Cardi B, and that's really fun for a lot of people. I agree. Um, you said 90s hip-hop. Yeah. The obligatory. This is like, I don't know why in, in hip-hop it's always the, the question. Okay. So it's interchangeable. So if you had to say your, your five. My top five? Your top five today. So if you leave, you don't have to feel like you're leaving anybody out because, you know, like I've asked people this question, people like, well, if I, I go today. Tomorrow could be my top five favorites of all time. Your Erica Jane's top five favorites. Okay, currently as we sit here, Rakim. Okay, Biggie Smalls. Fuck yeah, Tupac. Yes, Eminem, Snoop Dogg. I fucking like. I I I got to tell you something. The fact that you said Rakim first. Well, Rakim's delivery is unlike no other. Speak on it, Erica. That's real hip hop, or you know, I mean, that's just. I mean, there's something in that tone and that. Cadence, I don't know, man. I, you know, it makes me feel a certain way. Like I said earlier, music, I like music that makes me feel a certain way. And Rakim makes me feel a certain way. I agree. You know, there's a, it's a, God, it's like this incredible assuredness in his voice. It's confident without, you know, you just, I don't know, it just fucking sounds good. And you know what's crazy about Rakim? Like when he came out and like when I was, he's like a, maybe a year older than me, but right. he looked and sounded like a fucking, like he sounded like he was like a, a grown dude, man. Like a grown man. And he was 19. 
the 20, yeah. 20 women like but not but not really. I mean like this the confidence that's what I'm talking yeah. about. The confidence in the tone. I mean, yeah. It's ridiculous. I, I agree. I, I uh he's he's a person that like I met him one time and he yeah. like talks about sort of being elusive and and I was like it was like seeing a ghost. I was like, oh shit. No, he's incredible. So your music career since you've been on the Housewives, what have been the benefits? Where where have you performed? So what Erica, is that like? So Erica Jane out of the clubs, mostly. You know, Erica Jane born in the in the gay clubs and you know pride events and stuff like that. Now people's living rooms. So um, I have a lot of uh, women my age, honestly, in their mid forties, coming couples, straight couples, uh, young girls, like nineteen twenty. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, and uh, you know, it's cute because. Uh, people will send me videos of their kids dancing to expensive or how many, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's cute. You know, it's great. You know, um, that's the music that I make is fun. It's not to be taken, you know, I'm not changing the world. I'm not speaking about social issues. I'm here to have a good time. And that's, you know, what it's all about for me. You've been anointed as, as like, you know, when I, I, I tweeted out, I have Erica Jane coming on the podcast yeah. and, you know, you have questions and, you know, people ask specific questions. I want to ask you some okay. rattles off. But one of the things that came up is, you know, she's just a strong uh, woman. You know, tell her I said she's a badass that's bitch. Sweet. All these things. With everything that's going on in the world in terms of feminism and Me Too and and you being you, how, I mean, I think everybody's starting to think about this more. And I think it's a good thing. How do you, because you're out there on the show, like there's sexuality and all this sure. stuff. But then like, I, I like for me, like as a guy, like I'm a married man. But when I, like, I feel like, like in a way, is this Me Too uh, movement going to sort of, sort of melt away sexuality from men and women? How do you, I, like, I'm like. No, I'm, I'm always going to be that way. I've been this way since I was a kid and I ain't changing. I don't know. Um, do you know what I'm saying? Because are there's you, haters. Are you talking about like, well, well. Just the whole thing. Like, No, I'm well, not. No, I don't have to. No. I am going to be Erica, you know, and I don't, you know, then look away if you have a problem. You know, mm. I don't, I look away. There's a lot of shit to look at in the world. Look at something else. Um, this is who I am. I, and uh, no, but it is interesting. You talk about the me too and stuff like that, because you wonder, are you trying to say that you wonder where, sec, you know, sexuality is going to be blurred in I, a I, way? I wonder, like, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm married. I'm a fucking grown man. Right. Like if I was 25. I you wouldn't, wouldn't know, know how to stand. How do you approach how to, a woman? Yeah. I don't know what the fuck you do. You don't know what's inappropriate and what's appropriate. I don't appropriate. know what the fuck's going I on. I kind of feel glad the I'm same off way. The streets. Me too. Because <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do either. What do you do? I don't know. I, I don't know. That's got to be a tricky place for a man, you know? That's, um, and you then know, a woman, not to offend anyone. You and fucking can't not to like, hurt anybody. Yeah, you like give fist bumps to say hello. You, is it okay to say you look pretty? I don't know. Right. It's, it's, um, I understand. It's okay to say you look pretty if the girl thinks that you might look handsome. Like, I'm like, I wouldn't, well, what the fuck do you do? Yeah, How do you wrap that's your head a, around I don't know. I mean, it, I guess we'll have to wait and see. That's a very interesting point. I feel the same way, though. I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know how to react. Um, Although uh, I'm pretty forward, so I'd be like, are you trying to ask me out? Yeah, you don't know, like, <laughs> how do you, you... Are you trying to ask me out? It's a crazy um, uh, situation. Um, as Erica Jane, not in your personal life, where have you gotten to travel and perform and like and where you were like on stage and be like, I can't believe this is my fucking life. So I, a few years ago, before I was on Housewives, I had this really weird opportunity to go to the UAE and I gave a show. Where's the UAE? United Arab Emirates. 
and I boarded um, the USS Enterprise. Oh, it's now shit. been decommissioned in the Persian Gulf, and I gave a tiny little show on the deck of the USS Enterprise as it was underway, and uh, it was 127 degrees out. And uh, oh, that was shit. probably... <laughs> Yeah, the show was like um, small. I mean, nobody really cared what I was doing, but it was truly the most, um, it was hard because it was hot and, you know, you're, you're traveling against the wind and all this kind of shit. But it was the most, and it was over the 4th of July, it was truly the most um, interesting place I've ever performed. That's crazy. Sure. Yeah, it, it'll go down all time. Because, you know, you're far away from home and in, in the middle of the ocean and with sailors that are there to, you know, protect our way of life. And it's, uh, and I got to meet some of them and hear their stories and why they joined and where they live and where they come from. And it was, you know, a very American 4th of July. That's cool. Thank you. Was your glam squad, uh, in 127 there? heat. Yeah. That's not great for the, is Mikey and the crew freaking well, out. Yeah. Well, Mikey wasn't there, but yeah, my glam was like, um, cause I took his, you could only take as few people as possible. So I took the four girls with me in hair and makeup cause we couldn't look like, you know, we looked terrible. I mean, right. Michael, we look 127 degrees. You look, there's nothing for that. You know, you just look like, holy shit. Like this is, we're going, this is horrible, but we did it and it was fun. It was hard. I thought I was going to pass out like a lot. <laughs> and, and where else have you performed where you were like, I can't believe that I... Because you grew up in Georgia? I'm from Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. So where else have you wound up performing on stage where you're like, what the fuck is my life? You know, like, I mean, being in Seoul or Singapore or Tokyo or even Manila, um, you know, performing in Bahrain, performing at sea on the Enterprise. Uh, I've been a lot of... I've had a lot of cool experiences and I love it. It's, you know, when you like to be in front of an audience, when you like to perform, that's the great part about what you do is those kind of experiences, you know, going all around the world and having a great time. I've never been to Japan or China or Seoul or any of these places, but, I, you know, I hear from what I see, you know, like whether it's a rapper or, you know, Madonna or different artists when they go over there and especially with your kind of style. Like they have the, fun, you know, they're very supportive and they're great fans. They like to have a good time. They enjoy, they enjoy the performance and they enjoy everything that you give them. And that's, you know, and I can't wait to do it again, quite honestly. I mean, it's what gets me out of bed in the morning. It's what I love. Yeah. And and the glam squad. Yeah. Mikey. Well, you have to understand that. The glam squad was never supposed to be on Housewives. Right. They That's just, just your, 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 your crew, right. your and team. And then they caught it. And then they were like, you know, there you go. It wasn't a planned out situation. Right. I have glam because I'm on TV. Right. <laughs> Not because I want, you know, that was my thing. I knew that I was going to be on television. I wanted to look the best I possibly can. And that was an organic thing that happened. And, well, do people think like, oh, it's like... Manufactured, I think. I think that people, can't be manufactured. A guy like Mikey on a TV show like... Is this, not manufactured, You baby. can't make... Uh, you cannot manufacture this shit. No, you cannot. So it, it was, but there, people still somehow, sometimes... It's not like it's fucking central casting. No. It, but, you know... But that's, you know, Mikey and I have worked, you know, he's been my creative director for a long time. He's worked on Erica Jane, um, you know, The Bare Bones and until now. And, you know, we're riding with Mikey for, you know, for forever. But because um, he's one of my best friends ever in life. Uh, and he just happens to be on the show with me. How much uh, uh, will you be doing a book tour when the book comes out? Yes, when I When is will the be. book coming out? Uh, March 20th, the book is coming out. March 20th is my birthday. Get the fuck out of March here, March really? 20th is my birthday. Oh, okay. All right. I'm doing um, signing at the Grove and a signing in New York. And then- That's we'll, not going to cut it, Erica. I know. The We're Grove in New York, like those are, obviously those are great, two yeah, great places. Yeah, but I don't know. The rest are coming in. The rest are coming in. I'm saying that's not going to cut it in terms of the fans are going to want to see you. Like there's- 
That we'll, we'll make it happen. I got to go perform as well. So I'm hoping to get out and right. perform and we'll promote the book and promote the music. I got a lot of shit to do <laughs> as, I, as I'm thinking. Yeah. How uh, uh, challenging was it to write a book in terms of the writing process? Well, the, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. And mine wasn't personal. Like mine was a shit talking extravaganza. Which is really great. But, you know, um, it's hard to tell your story and tell it the right way. Um, and he, in, a, in a book too in a book because, but it's also a great way to do it um, I get down to minutia at, you know at this point where you know everything needs to sound perfect and buttoned up um, and it was nice because my mom and I talked a lot and we, re- we reminisced and the way she remembered things and the way I remembered things you know sometimes were completely different mm. and then sometimes I forgot some really important things and she reminded me about my childhood um, as we do as kids but uh, it's been great. Hopefully, people will like it. Have you? I'm sure they're going to like it. Have you, you done the book on tape yet? No, I do it uh, in two weeks. I'm going to tell you right now, Erica. What is that? It's hard? a lot harder than you think. No, I imagined it would be difficult because how do you keep a, you know, reading your book and keep the listener engaged and the tone of it? Yeah, it's like a performance, right? It fuck. Yeah. It almost killed me. My, really? I mean, I, my my book is for the most part, right? So, but it's it is a performance, and you're like, how many more fucking pages of this shit? Do you, you have, have to, to read do. and you want it to sound perfect and right you want to get it across you and your, your rhythm your your personal rhythm whatever that is and it really was probably one of the hardest it was things. challenging huh shit okay okay so okay. so, uh, so just just be ready like <laughs> something to look forward to it, 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 it yeah and the other people that I know have done it they were like yeah it caught me up. Like, I thought that was going to be the easiest part right that shit had me like under the couch oh my god okay okay um, all right let me ask right. you, let me uh, other questions yes um. Quick ones. How's Tom's ankle? Perfectly healed. He's great. Did you imagine you bring up Tom's ankle on the show and it becomes like, how many people have asked you how's Tom's ankle since you mentioned? A lot, but that's, I appreciate the the support. So he's good. You know, Tom is like, uh, he's a little superhuman in a way. You know, he healed up and he's back at it. So there you go. Who is Tom Giraldi in the law world? If if we were, if I wasn't asking you, if somebody, if somebody was in a law school. Yeah, Tom Girardi is a trial attorney uh, in the United States of America, probably one of the best to ever do it and is... Um, you know, one billions in verdicts and settlements for his clients. I mean, it's pretty impressive. And he had something to do with Aaron Brockovich. So here's what happened: uh, Aaron Brockovich. He sued Julia Roberts. What? No, no. I hate you right now. No, no. So it, uh, Aaron Brockovich worked for a lawyer, Ed Masry. They had a case against PG and E um, in Hinkley, California, with regards to hex chrome being poured into the water. This is where someone like Tom really comes in because lawyers will often have the case but not have the funds, you know, because Tom's a contingent fee lawyer, which means he doesn't charge you by the hour. He eats what he kills. So he puts, he lays, he does out all the cash outlay, but then he's going to take a third. Gotcha. That's a gangster motherfucker right there. That's when people, when people say, oh, you're married to a bitch, get out of here. You have no That's idea. That's funny. You have no idea who I'm married to. Anyway, um, so ta- so they had the case, but it's it's can you withstand, you know, oh, shit. it's can you withstand, can, number one, can you bring it to trial? Can you bring it to verdict? Can you bring it to settlement? Do you have the money to last? And that's where Tom steps in. So Peter Coyote kind of plays Tom. He's not you. he's not Ed Masri. Ed Masri was a real man that lived and unfortunately he's no longer with us. He passed away. Nice man. Um Aaron's out there doing her thing, but uh Tom was the one that tried the case. 
Where is the fucking Chagall? Is it still on the floor? Has it been hung properly? He moved it the other day. Where's the Chagall? <laughs> like, is it in the back of a car? No, is no, it no, like no, the, no, 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 no. Where's it's the, in the house. He moved it the other day. Has this thing been hung up yet? No, he has not hung it. But that yeah. is his choice. So we're going to let him do Listen, I can't push the man. You know, he has to do what he wants. But do you get worried, like, yo, the Chagall needs to be, like, wrapped or put on a wall? Or, like, it's a fucking Chagall. No, it's not. No, no, no. Is there is there other art, cool art in your house besides a Chagall that like no without bragging, like what would be the one other thing you'd be like There's a Miro. In your crib. Yeah. Is it on a wall? It is. But no one's ever seen it. Yeah. There's a Miro. That's impressive. Yeah. Um DSL. DSLs, yes. I didn't come up with it. I'm just, you know, that's been around for a hundred years. Yes. So please don't accuse me of trying to come up with something. That's like the oldest saying in the book. Yes. This is, but you you have a line. Oh, we made like little sweat. I'll, I have one here for you. Um, oh shit! For your wife, I know she's probably, she's probably like, I don't want to wear this shit. Um, yeah, I need a teacher. Like, I need a DSL yeah, teacher. That'd be fucking great. Yeah. Uh, no, we made little hoodies and stuff. It was just kind of a fun moment. Um, makeup line. A lot of people ask me, like, I'm not naming the people because, like, the questions were redundant. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? Yeah. Are you doing a makeup line? Uh well, you know, maybe, yeah. Is that something like, did you did you ever think in your life? Well, I wear enough of it that I have a good opinion on what works and what doesn't. I'll tell you that for sure. I have enough, you know, I've um, worn enough makeup throughout my life and still do almost every day that I'm working. I do not wear makeup when I'm not working. Please do not ask me that. No, I am not dressed up every day. Um, I'm going to be honest, everybody. Erica looks like shit right now. She's got. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So thank you. There's no makeup. There's no that. nothing. I love you for that. Uh, um, but yeah. Uh, yes. You know, that's in the future for sure. Um, if you had to bring one, just one beauty product with you yes. for the rest of your life, uh-huh. what would that be? It's the cheapest thing ever, Aqua 4. What is that? Oh, the cleaning? No, no, it's a moisturizer. Oh, the- you can put it on your mouth. You can put it under your eyes. You can okay. put it on your hands. It's oh, just, okay. Aquaphor. Yeah, I know Aquaphor. Aquaphor. I nothing. use it on my nose when I get exactly. dry. Exactly. So you use it as an all-purpose. You can use it everywhere. So if that was the thing, like that would be the one. That would be the one thing. And number two, yes. what would be the second one? <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. So if I have Aquaphor, let's do something for under the eyes. I'd probably do an under eye cream just to keep it kind of, yeah. Okay. you're Now, this is way out of my, like, zeitgeist. I love, much you, I, I love that word, zeitgeist. Yeah, okay, it, yeah. This is way out of what, like, you could literally make up the names, but, but I know that the fans and your fans would look, look, appreciate this. Okay. I'm imagining you have handbags. I do. Now, I can't tell the difference between a fucking- Good, I'm so glad you can't. That makes me feel good. <laughs> like, I love the show, but there's a- But I don't care. Yeah, there's, there's a, a certain level where... to- Yeah, there's yeah. a level. Yeah. Erica Jane's three personal favorite handbags. There's uh, a fire. You got to get all your shit out, and they say you can only take three bags out that you own. What are your three favorite handbags? Okay. Uh, there's a Chanel um, black- one that I just recently bought, I would snatch it. It's kind of small and medium. There's a Gucci one that I constantly, it's bigger. And then I probably drag one of my duffel bags out, it, you know. What, just a regular duffel bag? Well, no, it's like a Louis Vuitton one, but it's really pretty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Those are your three? Yeah, sure. All right. Listen, I don't know what else I could say. I got- no, I have a question for you. Okay, ask Why do you me. watch Housewives? I, I always, because I have to tell you this. <laughs> Law enforcement, iron workers, doctors, lawyers, all these men, I'm sure they get roped into it by either their girlfriends, their wives, or their sisters, whatever. Men watch the show. I do not know why, because I would think that you would all want to escape from a bunch of bitching-ass women. Please (laughs) tell me, why the fuck do you watch the show? I'll tell you. First of all, I think that when television was created, 
it was meant to entertain. Well, that yes. Now I personally fell into Housewives. My my wife. Did she get you into? No, it? It, I just started watching. She would watch the shows like it, it would be like a church and state. Like it happened for me on a Sunday. I was watching a game, and, I, and it was something with an NFL game. I don't remember. It's been so damn long. Sure, but the game went wrong for me. Okay, and I was like, "Fuck this!" I turned the game off. I went upstairs, and it was New York or Atlanta because it, they they started melding together. Uh-huh. But I remember instead of resisting, which I'd be like, oh, "What the fuck is this shit?" and, sure, ball, sure, and sure. harassing her. I just said, let me just watch because I knew that like she was like, go back downstairs and watch the your game, fucking game or shut alone. the fuck up. Right. Leave me alone. So I started asking asking questions and I was like, what is she talking about? What? Is, and I kept saying, is this real? Is this real? Because of the behavior. Yeah. And I was just like, is this real? Is this real? Is this real? And then it was it was New York and Atlanta. It was literally it was Bethany. You know, Tom watches New York. He, he likes loves it. New York. I and but what happened was once I sort of watched the show without judging it. Like I was, I was enraptured, right? Literally enraptured, and I think at this point I might like the shows more than my wife. I think that it's exactly why television was invented. A good episode of of Real Housewives, whether it's Atlanta, Beverly Hills, Jersey, doesn't make a difference. Like you can laugh, yes. You at times there you can shed a tear. I've shed tears watching it. Really? Yeah, fuck yeah. Okay. Like you know when like the moment with you and your mom. Oh, really? In, in Atlanta. It was yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, like, really? It was very genuine. Oh, yeah. You know, there's been moments like that, like watching Teresa Gudici, however you Giudice. say Giudice. Sorry. Um, you know, go through go, what Yeah, what yeah, you, that's I hard. I mean, that's yeah. real shit. So, oh, it's very real. And, and you so, can imagine the pressure that woman's under. And obviously the humor and the fighting and the wig snatching on Atlanta <laughs> and like the reunion of Jersey. Like, this is, you can't, you can't script this up. So for me, I'm like, this is why... TV was invented in the first place. And there's so many fucking shows, whether it's Amazon, Netflix, HBO, sure. shows, and they're like, well, just, just, you know, wait till the ninth episode. I'm like, fuck the ninth episode. I'm turning this shit off. Housewives delivers every time. Every fucking time. There's not a housewife episode. Some are better, some are more. Well, some are building, some are bridges too. I mean, there's a but little bit. But you always of get something. You get some, some pearl. At least, one pearl at least one in pearl in every episode it, it, of it. Yeah. Whether so, you would learn something new about a character or a person. Or just me. a comment. <laughs> right. Just a comment or something rude happens, yeah. Do what show so do you watch all the shows now? No, I don't. I watch Atlanta. I grew up there. Um right. and uh I I enjoy it. I don't catch every episode. Um, but that would be my favorite. Um, I watch New York. Tom Tom watches New York. He hasn't been able to watch a lot of it. He loved it. I'll never forget. He was lying in bed, and I wa- I was coming home late from something. He goes, "Do you guys really talk to each other like this?" I said, "Yeah." And he's like, "Wow, this is intense." Like he really, you know, he's funny. He's cute. Um, and yeah, but those are my favorite. And you know, I got swept up into Vanderpump Rules the other night. It's good shit. Man, the girl had recorded the post-sex conversation <laughs> with Jax, and then they played it at the party, yep. and then it got a, it was like a blowout, and everybody chose sides, and I found myself being wrapped up in it. It's great drama. I mean, it, it, it's and like- And you can't- Fake that Falcon shit. Crest, whether it's Dallas, Knott's well, Landing. see, I grew up wanting to be on Dynasty. So there you go. So that so these hit, is inter, a real thing. Inter, inter, yes, inter Real Housewives. Yeah. Who's exactly. been the one person, famous person? Because you know, pe- famous people watch these shows. You're out and about. Who's been the one person that's recognized you, or that approached you, or that tweeted you, where you were like, "Holy fuck!" So and so knows who I am. Because I'll tell you, I got a comment 
on an Instagram post from Rihanna, I almost shat myself. Yeah, I, she's liked a couple of my Has pics really? and, I, and I almost passed out. She's liked a couple of things. I almost passed out. Like Christina, you know, I performed at Christina's birthday party. Tegan. No, Christina Aguilera. Oh, shit. And then, you know, I'm doing, like, you'll see my, my lip sync battle tribute to her. So we've become friendly that way. That's Chrissy cool. Teigen, you know, it's interesting who watches Housewives. Like, you know, it's bizarre. And I, uh, it's just like when Taraji and um, Liam were reading, you know, the stuff the other day and just. Like they're saying what I'm saying, right? Like they're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like right. I'm a big fan of both of them, and they're yet yeah, they're you know you know it's it's incredible. The reach of Housewives is beyond, beyond. I I agree. I love it. Um. All right, Erica Jane, thank you for coming on the. Oh my podcast. god, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it so I much. I hope your fans weren't bored. They're they're not going to be bored. Okay. Your fans won't be bored. And my I'm going to find out the, who my fans who watch Real Housewives finally are because they're out there. It's just like a lot you of you gotta admit to watching it. You a gotta lot of come out of the shadows. About it. Come out of the shadows. It's okay to watch Real Housewives. It's good fucking times. Listen, my son loved that show, Bad Girls Club, and I asked him. I said, "Why do you watch it?" He goes, "Mom, there's nothing better than bitches walking around in fucking underwear beating the shit out of each other." Exactly. All right, Erica, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the <laughs> I Am Rap for Stereo me. Podcast. All right, what can I say? Did I? I, I, I didn't steer you wrong. I steered you strong. I told you. She came, she saw, she conquered. Erica, it's thank dope. you so much for rocking me on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Thank you for not taking yourself seriously. Thanks for all the insight. Thanks for all the information. Thanks for all the stories. I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Me, G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. Miles, take <laughs> us out of here with something funky. Uh, like I told you, we got two more episodes coming this week. We got Shane Vereen, New York Giants, former New England Patriot, Friday, we got Zach Miller of the Chicago Bears and Jared Goff, pro bowler of the Los Angeles Rams. Me and G. Moody are going to be rocking and rolling all week long. It's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Let's go. Peace.